Tweet Talk, episode 18. It's lit. Yep, yep, yep. Right, so let's get into it. Um, so, Charles, you said, start with a simple one, say commit first. I tweeted that. Yeah, it was, I was talking about how we did our, our first... Our first episode we talk. Yeah. It's so funny. I, I look back on all the episodes that we have and I'm like, dang, we really recorded all that stuff. So sometimes I'll listen to it like on the way in. I listened to uh an episode and I was like, we really just just started recording this thing. And I feel like that's so key is to just like start doing as opposed mm-hmm. to like thinking and planning. And we talked about that on this most recent episode of the podcast that I recorded today, just today with House Brian Brian. And his first deal, like, it was just terrible. It was trash. Mm-hmm. And I, I I made the point that, like, so many people will never do a deal because they don't want to make mistakes. They're afraid of getting it wrong. And they don't realize that, like, that's just a part of the process of you get into the real goal, perfection of getting to the goal of, like, where we want this podcast to be, where the Thai Capital Millionaire podcast kind of is right now and is growing to become. And that's why I said, like, just commit first, do the work, get out there, launch. So many of us have, have these great ideas, but an, an idea that's not backed up with work is really nothing. It, it literally is nothing. Well, all that will happen is you'll look up in six months to a year and you'll see some other kid out there uh, delivering, delivering food. I used to live in downtown LA and there are so many really cool restaurants that didn't deliver. And I was like, it doesn't make any sense that only so many, only some restaurants deliver. I was like, it'd be cool if every restaurant delivered, I should start a delivery service. And so I started thinking of all these different ways to do it. And now every, every restaurant delivers because they all have access to Uber eats and DoorDash and Grubhub billion dollar companies that I thought of. I just didn't do the work. I didn't launch out. And so now I don't allow that to get in front of me. I put out a tweet or an Instagram and I was like, when is the best time to get it done? Now. When am I available? Now. Let's get it done now. What sets me apart from other people isn't that I'm smarter, isn't that I'm more intelligent. It's just that I am a worker and I've always been a worker. And I think it's because I come from a family of workers. And so when I was in the frat in college, I I won all kinds of awards, Sigma of the Year, um, chapter of the year, all these different really cool awards, MPHC leader of the year, not because I was smarter, not because I had any better ideas. I just did it. Everybody in the frat had, had these ideas like, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this. I just did it. I didn't think about it and talk about it. I just did it. And that's kind of how I am now. Like, hey, let's, let's start a podcast. Let's just do it. Hey, let's start this. Let's just do it. Hey, let's do a conference. Let's just do it. So that's kind of what the commit first part is. And it's just like, let's commit to doing it and we'll figure out how we're going to get it done later. Right, right, right. You also said, earn the right through your work. What do you mean by that? You said earn the right. What again? Earn the right through your work. Right. I was listening to the Jay Morrison um, Money Talk Mondays, Money Church Mondays, and he was talking about how he's really anti-humble these days. And he was saying like, he pointed out this scripture and the scripture said something along the lines of like, the man that does the work should not feel ashamed. 
And he kind of paralleled ashamed to humility and humble. And he was saying like, he has done the work. So therefore he doesn't have to be humble. He doesn't have to be ashamed. Whereas you have all these people out here who are criticizing the Tulsa real estate fund, who never created a, a competing fund. You have people who are talking about, oh, their S1's this, their S1's that, who have never created their own S1. And that's what he was saying is, we have so many people out here who have these great ideas for what should be done or what should be or what shouldn't be, but they're not doing the work. And what's worse is they criticize those of us who are doing the work. And what I've just found, and it kind of relates to what I was just saying, is I'm a worker. I'm going to get it in. It's 1030. We still can get this podcast out to the people. And if we had more people who just worked, our community would be a lot better. You go to the inner city into the hood, and what's very interesting is there's a distinction between black people who are doing well and black people who aren't doing well. And the difference is the black people that are doing well are workers. They're putting in the effort. They're putting in the time. They're hustling. They're perfecting their craft. They're contributing to society, whereas those people who, who aren't are just not working they're either trying to get a, a little a freebie, they're trying to get a hand up, a hook up, whatever. And that's kind of what I was doing is like, I don't have to be humble. I don't have to have everybody like me because at the end of the day, I'm going to bust my ass. So I was like, if you like me, cool. If you don't, I'm going to still work. There, I, I never forget, like back in the day, I had an issue with the podcast where um, the podcast editor, he fell off and we kind of fell out with each other. But you know what I did? I edited my own damn podcast and I kept the show rolling. Mm -hmm. um, even with like the Blacker Pocket stuff, like I'm gonna continue to do the work. I'm gonna continue to hustle. So it's like Nipsey, like the Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle said, like when you are a person of value, you, you don't lose people, they lose you. I don't lose people, they lose me. Not because I'm anything special, just because I am a worker. And I've always been a worker. I'm always gonna be a worker. You cannot stop the worker. Hey. You said uh, y'all want passive income because you, you're lazy. I want passive income so I can make money while I'm making other money. Right, man. I feel like people are looking for a shortcut. They're looking for the easy way. They're looking for the come up. They're looking for the shortcut. And I think that's why so many people are like in it for passive income. They're like, oh man, you mean I can make more money and not have to work? Cool. And I always tell people like those are the people that end up not getting retired early. Those are the people like if you look at, if you look at, we just interviewed House Buying Brian. This guy built this great company while working a job. He wasn't just sitting around like I'm going to just build my company and I'm just going to hire staff. And no, he was a hustler. He was a worker. He said he kind of hates that he can't go out into the field now. If you look at uh, Dub Depth, if you look at Aisha Selden, if you look at Bill Gates, if you look at um, Kobe Bryant, they are workers. They are hustling. They are getting it in. And what was that question again? I, I went on a tangent. What was, what was that question again? Go back to me. Is it y'all want passive income because you're lazy? Right, right, right. right. And so. What I, what I found is like the people that retire early are not the people that are afraid of work because it takes a lot of work. It's like, like she said, if you want financial freedom, you're going to have to give up a lot of your freedom for a while. And a lot of people, that's not what they're willing to do. They want to lay on a beach. They want to get weekends off. They want to not have to work in the evenings. 
and those are the people that work until they die. And so for me, I'm willing to work now. But again, also, I don't just want passive income because I don't want to work. I want passive income because it's, it can grow exponential. I can have multiple rich checks coming in. I can have dividends coming in on top of the work that I'm already doing. I love it when I'm working and I also get money. Like when I'm working, I get a sale. Or when I'm doing something late at night and I also get a sale. Like that is dope to me. Like I'm just getting compounded money. It's not because I don't want to work. It's because I want to amplify the money that I can have come into my life. And I think that's what passive income should be aimed at. If we just aim at like, you know what? I'm going to work and buy real estate, not just I'm going to buy real estate because I don't want to work. A lot of people would get a lot further. Yeah. You know what I'm If they don't give you a promotion, take that shit. Take that shit, just start man. Doing, just start doing work. 100%, man. I feel like, I feel like you can't, it's kind of like Malcolm X says. Malcolm X says that nobody can give you liberty. Nobody can give you equality. If you're a man, you take it. You take equality. You take justice. You take what you want out of life. Nobody's giving it to you. And it doesn't have to be with violence. It can be with strategy. It can be with intellect. It can be with hustle. It can be with um, charisma. And so, for example, it's like if you're working a job and they aren't giving you the promotion, just start doing the work of that will be required of somebody in that in that position. And what will happen is either they give you the promotion or you go somewhere and you just you get it promoted there. But don't not do the work because you don't have the title or the promotion. And so many people are waiting until they get the, the, the promotion to actually do the work. When no, like you do the work and then you get promoted. And one of the things that's really important when I'm talking about work is work doesn't just have to be tied to income. Sometimes work is includes working for free. There's still value that you're going to get in working for free. Because as I said before, like nothing that you do for free is never going to be get compensated. You're going to ultimately get money for that. So I just feel like a lot of us want things out of life, but we're waiting for somebody to give it to us on a platter or waiting for somebody to okay us. And that's what the choose yourself economy is about. Like, I chose myself to get this promotion. I'm not waiting for you to give it to me. I'm not waiting for you to deem that I'm worthy. I already am worthy. I already am the person who is worthy of this promotion. So either you give it to me or I'm going to take it. And if I don't get it here, I'm going to get it somewhere else. I tell my mom that all the time. Like, if they, don't, if, they don't, if they don't think that you are what you are, where you are, then sometimes you got to take your talents to South Beach. And sometimes you got to just prove that you are what you are somewhere else but I, yeah. but I would implore you to do the work where you are don't just stay small where you are rise up and take on more opportunity at at the firm that I'm at now there is nothing that they could tell me to do that I would tell them no they're like oh I need you to write this motion for this I need you to write this motion for that I need you to write this motion for this and I'm like cool I got you I need you to go here and do this okay cool I got you like I'm always like yes I got it done and because I'm that kind of guy I'm stepping into leadership roles in the firm. So now I'm not just working in the firm, I'm a leader in the firm. And that's what you want. And I think that's kind of what entrepreneurship does is it's like, I know at the end of the day, like I'm a boss, like I run my own business. I am the leader in my business. So therefore I can be a, a leader in your business as well. And so I just feel like you just got to start, we got to start taking what we want, not asking for people to give it to us, not asking for people to approve us or affirm us. Like, nah, like I approve and I affirm myself. Yeah, and it's it's empowering when you just take 
Take on leadership when nobody tells you to. 100%. 100%. It just feels good, man. We'll be right back. You said uh, some people would rather work for you than with you. That's what I'm finding. I'm finding that some people don't want to be your partner. They want to be your employee. And it's tough for me to grasp because I've always been a, I want to be the boss type of person. I want to be the leader type of person, but some people reject that. They don't want that. I want to be a partner. They just want, they just want a paycheck. And so that, I guess that's just a part of growing in business is learning that some people are motivated by different things. And if I know that I can treat them as such, I can't think of an example exactly right now, but it's just what I've found. Everybody doesn't want the responsibility of being the owner. Some people just want consistent paycheck and they want to do their job. Yeah, like you said, different motivations for everybody. Um, it's interesting. Anyway, you said um, leave college, live with parents, buy something to the house hat. Uh, that actually got a lot of traction. I was in, I was impressed, but it's very interesting how living at home with your parents creates a once in a lifetime opportunity. You get out in the world, and not only are you paying rent, but you're also paying utilities. You're also paying for insurance. You're also paying for food. You're also paying for toilet paper and detergent. And it adds up and you look up and your paychecks are gone. And the most interesting thing about it is you could hack that whole thing if you're just intelligent and intentional and you're willing to do what most people are not willing to do. And a lot of this was motivated by um, the infamous CPA because I'm not sure if he did this, but it appears as though he did. I know he bought a house hack, but I feel like he was living he was living in a situation that allowed him to save a lot of his money. So he was already making good money. And that's why I tell you like leave college. And I don't mean leave college, like quit college. I mean like graduate from college, get a good high paying job. And then instead of going out and throwing it at a luxury apartment, just stack that shit. Don't throw it at vacations. Don't throw it at Gucci. Just stack it. And then house hack. Because once you house hack, then you're living for free again. House hacking is effectively living at home with your parents, but also getting a piece of the equity and the upside and maybe even some cash flow if you're lucky. And so it's like, if you are intelligent about your steps, if you're intelligent about your moves, you could never have to pay rent ever or mortgage for that matter. And so, I mean, even what Doug Depp did was even better. Doug Depp rented out the whole house and stayed in the garage. And that's why I tell people like, if you want generational wealth and you don't come from wealth, you got to get uncomfortable. And living with roommates is uncomfortable. And it's like we said on here before, I think it was uh, Chris, he's like, a lot of people don't want roommates, but also a lot of people don't want, don't have 25 grand saved. And we got to do what's required to get to 25 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand saved. If that means I got to Airbnb out my extra bedroom, then Airbnb it. But don't tell me that you can't get to your goals if you're not doing everything to reach your goals. And a lot of us, are not doing whatever it takes to reach our goals. We're just doing what we're supposed to do. And then when that doesn't pan out, 
We blame our circumstances, we blame our parents, or blame the government, blame Donald Trump, blame whoever. No, you gotta do whatever it takes. And none of us, a lot of us are not doing whatever it takes, Raphael. And it's kind of unfortunate, but I think that if you can position yourself to do that, it's like Charm City Buyer said that you should be considering every piece of real estate that you buy and investment, even if it's your home. And so we talked about this on my most recent podcast with um, uh, the Hartzogs. You haven't heard this. Okay. It's not up okay. yet, but they were just talking about how like at first she wanted her dream home. And then she realized like it'll be smart to actually buy an investment property and then allow that investment property to buy your dream home. And if you're smart, your investment property could buy a home that you can never buy out of your working income. And that's what we got to start being in, intelligent, not just sheep. And a lot of us are sheep and we think we're doing the right stuff and we're really just being led to slaughter. Mm. That's a slaughter. Okay. Hmm. When is that one re releasing? Which one? Uh, I think he just finished mixing it today, so maybe tomorrow. But it, it was good. It was the couple that paid off like $100,000 in debt in like, I think, 23 months. And so they were just talking about like all the things that they did to get out of debt. And one of the things they did is they picked up second jobs. And they were working and they were just hustling and they were doing different other hustles and they were just doing whatever it took to get it done. They were working a full-time job, a part-time job, plus they also had a business, plus they also had um, little side hustles. So they were just going all in. And they got it done in 23 months. Hmm. Yeah. That reminds me, I think I'm going to start sending you a couple of uh, guests for the pod, for the Todd Millie podcast. Yeah. Definitely. Got a couple of people that I think should be on there. Makes sense. All right. So you said big part of being a man is being self-sustained. Independence isn't about being alone. It's about being self-sustaining. Right. So the, the motivation of this tweet was that like we as men have to become unable to be knocked down, meaning that even if you lose a job, even if a deal doesn't work out the, the way you expected, you should still be able to stand on your own too. And the way that that happens is by doing whatever it takes, by, by, by working and investing and saving and deferring gratification and even buying, like I was, I kind of put it in the way of like, you should be able to support your household with or without the woman's help. And if that means that you got to do what you got to do to get there, you got to do what you got to get there. And I feel like that's kind of a challenge to men is first and foremost, a lot of us don't work hard enough. A lot of us are working a little 40 hours and chilling. A lot of us are, are not studying in our off hours so we can make even more money. And so like, as a man, I feel like you should be self-sustaining. You should be able to sustain yourself without the help of a woman, sustain yourself without the help of your parents, sustain yourself without the help of the government. And that's kind of what I was going for with that, honestly. That's about as deep as I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, I agree. But, um. 
Yeah, I agree with that one. So, what 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 else is going on in Talk Capital World this week, man? We're doing a lot. We're in the process of rehabbing a house that had fire damage, and so what's really cool about that is that at first it's like I didn't even think it was possible, and then you look up and it's like there is no more fire damage. Like it's all gone, all the bad stuff is gone, and now we're in position. It's it's a gorgeous house, great on the outside already had like a lot of really good windows and so now we're just like working on on the inside so the roof is done we just gotta like uh texture the walls paint the walls redo the floors put in the kitchen put in the bathroom and we have another rental property that we'd probably be all in for like 20 grand all in 20 grand Raphael. all in 20 grand it's gonna rent for like 900 bucks a month therefore bringing nice. in about 10 grand a year um added to the rent roll um, and then we also have uh, our triplex. So our tenants are paying rent right now. And I'm just looking at it like, man, we could throw 15 grand at that triplex and get that looking great. And what you do is you start just funding, you start using your deals to build up your deals. And so once we get to that point, we're going to throw 15 grand at this deal. And then we'll have 10 units flowing. That's bringing us about 10 grand a month, Raphael. Mm-hmm. And so then in two months, we're back to where we needed to be. In three months, we're even better. In six months, we're sitting on 60 grand cash without work. <clears throat> and so that's why in the beginning of this, in the beginning of the Thai Capital like acquisitions club, people would always say like, oh, I only own a portion of this house. Like, how is that beneficial to me? Well, once we start being strategic and throwing our cash flow at other deals, now that one house that you bought paid for two, three homes. And so your little one investment now is giving you two, three times the return. And so like, not only are you getting the 50% return that you're already getting from that one house because we bought it so well, now you're getting about 150% return because we bought three homes with that money. And so that's kind of what we're doing, just um, trying to position our portfolio so it's strong. We had one issue, we had a tenant move out. It's actually not in bad shape, but there's an issue with the utility where, um, Apparently there was unbilled usage and so now I have to send like a bunch of docs over to the, to the electricity, uh, the electricity company, DTE to get that taken care of. They want like a whole bunch of crazy docs. I'm not even sure why they want all this stuff. Probably so that they can like go after us and make us pay for it all. I think that's the reason why, but, um, um, sometimes it's a headache. That's why people don't really realize what I'm going through. Like I'm doing a lot. I'm turning a unit. I'm rehabbing a unit. I'm plotting what we're going to do with the next units, managing properties, managing a barbershop, working in, in a law firm, like just too much stuff. But we have a team. We have a lot of people that are helping us make it flow and it's, it's working out. That's cool. I mean, if you, everybody wants to be the boss, that means you got to take on problems. 100%. And that's why I don't really complain too much. I just kind of like work through it. But I can't wait till all these doors are flowing because it's like, man, what do you do when you have 10 grand coming in a month? You start buying more homes, Raphael. That's what the fuck you do. You start buying more homes. Yeah, especially when uh, 20 grand, if you get property for 20 grand all in, that's two months and you, every two months you could be picking something up. Yep. I got my mentor. That's what he does. My mentor owns 14 homes. He said he can buy a house every other month. Hmm. 
and he still that's works cool. at Ford, making like six figures working for Ford. That's cool. That's cool. House hat, job hat, whatever. Let's take a quick break. This is Elwood of Mindset Matters Tees. We offer merchandise with quotes that help shape your mindset. You can find us at www.mindsetmatterstees.com. And I was going to ask, so what's the story of the, the mobile barbershop? How's that coming? So the mobile barbershop, my issue is that every day my barber says there's something wrong with the truck, but he's not out cutting hair. And it's kind of like, I think that when you, when you start doing business, you got to make sure that people are, they do business how you do business. Like I said, I would have been out there rolling that truck, whether the alternator needed to be fixed or not. But this guy, he just keeps finding stuff that needs to be done on the, on the truck. And I don't understand it. Um, so it's kind of frustrating. We've only really been out cutting like once and he's had the truck for like two months. And so I was texting him this morning cause I can kind of like talk crazy to people. And I told him, I forgot what I said. I said something along the lines of like, I'm going to read it to you verbatim. When I told this dude, he might even listen to this. I don't care. What I tell this dude? <laughs> I said, it's been two months and all we, all of, all we've been trying to do is per- perfect the machine instead of work the machine. That thing needs to be cutting every day. I can't even justify spending money on it just to sit. And mm-hmm. so it's like, it's always an issue. If it's not a tire, it's the wall, it's the brake lights, it's the alternator. And apparently he's in the trucking industry. And so he's kind of treating this, this like a truck. And I'm like, it's not a truck, fam. Like, it's a barbershop that just happens to be a truck. Your only responsibility is get it to point B. That's the only reason why you need that thing to be in working order is get it to point B. But we've waited to get air conditioning in there, even though we're going into the winter months. We've waited to get um, just stupid stuff. And so it's kind of frustrating. But, like, he's a very slick talker. So I'll call him and he'll say, man, you know, like, I got to get it fixed. It has to be done, man. I have to get this done. And so like, at one point in time I told him, I was like, I don't even like, just, just give me the truck back. I'll pay you for all the repairs you've done and just give me the truck back. And so again, it's not without problems. Like it's, it's really, really frustrating. And I might have to get back out to Georgia soon because it's not what we planned on it to do. We planned on this thing to be rolling every day at a different location, cutting hair every day. And really what it's doing right now is just sitting there because what this guy wants to do with it is he wants to take it to different nursing homes. That's his goal. And quite honestly, he might just be stalling because he's waiting for the nursing home contracts to come through. But that's cool, but you got to pay what you owe. That means the rent needs to be paid. And the problem with tenants that I'm experiencing a lot of times is they're very good at finding repairs. They're like, oh, this needs to be fixed. I need you to fix this. I need you to fix that. And we don't charge them much in rent. So sometimes it can be a wash. So for example, I have some stuff that needs to be done at the house where they only pay us like six hundred five a month. She pays us every, every month on the third. It's great. But we got to get some stuff taken out. Granted, we've only really done something like once before. And that was a big prepare cost, like 900 bucks. But now we need to get some stuff that she thought was mold, which it wasn't even mold. It was just a fungus. 
And so tenants each month, they're going to find like something to kind of ruin your business. And that can be kind of frustrating at times where like, it's always something that's going to deduct from your profits. And when you do things long distance, like us, you have to protect your profits because everything costs us more because I have to call somebody out there to get it done. Whereas I can't just go over there and just scrub a little mold by myself. So, I mean, that's like the opposite side. It's really not as easy as I make it seem. It's not. People think it's easy. The shit ain't easy. I just, I just, I just, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to let anything stop me. Hey, my cousin is going through something similar right now. She's trying to open up, uh, she's leasing a building and she's trying to open up a events hall and an ice cream shop. And she's waiting on other people to finish the work and stuff. And she's saying, man, I'm not making money right now. And she's just going through it. But right. But she's, she's trying to make, she's making moves. She's making it happen. Yeah, it's profitable. I just, my thing is trying to get this barber to understand that I need that shop cutting every day. The thing is, he already has this shop. But I think the problem is he's not exactly candid. It all started, like, this is one of the, th- dealing with black folks is hard, man. I would just keep it 100. It's very difficult because they want to do what they want to do, not what needs to be done. And so, for example, like, when I first got the truck and we had it at a, at a we had the truck at a storage facility and we had a mechanic come and the mechanic did the work and the mechanic was out driving the truck and so he calls me as he's driving the truck and he's like, Hey, does, does this thing have insurance on it? And I was like, I'm not really sure. I think it does. And he was like, well, I'm going to just park it at my house. And cause I don't want to drive it back to where it's supposed to be. And you can just have your driver come pick it up at my spot. And I'm like, that's not the plan. Like I need, I need my shit where it needs to be. Not where you just decide to take it, but he just didn't want to hear it. Didn't answer the phone. And so I got this truck that I had GPS on at the time. So I knew where it was, but it wasn't where I wanted it. And so then the driver comes out, the, uh, the bus tenant comes out there and he's like, oh, um, let me just take it to my spot because I can fix it better at my spot. And so he takes it to his spot. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I need my shit where I need my shit. And I'm just finding like it is very difficult to work with our people, man. It's very difficult to create an economy with our people because there's no predictability. There's no systems. There's no rules. It's just a big ass fucking free for all where people do what they want to do. They do what feels good. And it's very difficult to run a business like that. So that's just my frustration at the moment. Mm. You asked, I told you, man. I just make it look good. <laughs> I make it look good. Even with, my, even with my contractor, like it's, it's people just do whatever they want to do, man. It is very difficult trying to build a black economy. I did ask. Mm. Speaking of building a black economy, uh, got a book recommendation for the listeners. Uh, heard the author speak tonight. The name is Sean D. Rochester. Very good. Uh, a book called The Black Tax. I recommend it to everybody out there. I haven't had a chance to read the whole thing yet. But based on the presentation you gave tonight, I recommend everybody check it out. The Black Tax by Sean D. Rochester. We'll put a link in the show notes for it. Definitely check it out. Um, 
What else we need to touch on, Charles? Uh, I don't even know, man. I don't even know. I know that um, I don't even know. What's 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 um, what's the deal going so going on right now with uh, HBCU Realty? Um, so I think what they're gonna do is they want to partner on a duplex that we have out in um, out in Detroit. And so we bought a duplex last year at the auction. And so they want to partner in and fund the rehab. The rehab might cost like 20 to 25. It's another house that had fire damage. Um, and so we just need to kind of get all the bad wood out, replace that with good wood, frame it up, and then put siding on it. And then it's just another pretty straightforward inside job again. And so looking to do that. And um, yeah, just, just continue to, to continue to grow and scale. And that's going to be student housing? No, that's just going to be standard rental. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Because I know they, uh, they tend to focus on student housing near HBCUs. Right, right. Okay. Okay. And shout out to HBCU Realty. They are having another meetup in New York coming on Tuesday, the October wow. 8th. They do so much. I lose track, man. Yeah, I definitely, I lose track. I always see a different flyer up. And I'm like, they're doing it again. Yeah, when I went to their, their first meetup in New York, uh, the guy Torrance had everybody around the table introduce themselves and the stuff they're doing. And he got up and he started talking about, you know, he's part of HBCU Wall Street. And then he's got the partnership with Todd Capital. And he was saying... Um, all these businesses he had, mm-hmm. and he's he's listed them. And I said, and I said, don't forget Nor Airbnb. Because mm. I don't think he was even going to say it. I said Nor Airbnb, and he's like, yeah, Nor Airbnb. And the guy that that was actually lives in New York, Terrence was like, oh, that's you. He's like, man, I know this guy for ever, and we talk so all the time. I didn't even know that was you. Part of that, he was like, yeah, yeah, that's me. He wasn't even going to mention it. But yeah, they got a lot going on. One guy has uh, Carolina Chicken and Waffles down in North Carolina. They stay, bu- yeah. they stay busy. They stay busy. But anyway, we're going to wrap this up. Shout out to friends of the show and sponsors, Mindset Matters Tees. Shout out to Hood Estates, Erica Williams, The Classy Climb. Of course, we got uh, Terry Gioma, Trade and Travel. Yeah. We got uh, shout out to Chris Johnson, 17th Watches. Shout out to Tasha of Gotta Stay. Get your free 30 minute consultation at gotastay.com slash tweet talk, G O D E S T E dot com slash tweet talk. Free 30 minute consultation. You know, shout out to everybody at Todd Capital, Lance, Jamal. Everybody just putting in the work. What am I forgetting? Uh, shout out Candace. to Rashawn Scott. Shout out to Candice. Shout out to alum. Shout out to Cedric. He's been doing a lot of work on getting us structured and compliant. 
being compliant is a lot of hard work, but we're going to be there. That's the, that's the point. Once we hit that inflection point, once we, once we hit full compliance, then we can start actually really promoting Thai capital and bringing in people. Cause there's, there's a lot of people that want to participate that we can't bring in just because we haven't gotten everything in line. Cause it's confusing and expensive, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, also check out the Thai Capital store at www.gumroad.com backslash Thai Capital. Check out the Thai Capital Millionaire podcast on Citra iTunes. Make sure you leave this show a rating or a review, preferably a five-star review. Reviews are how we get rated. Reviews are how we get pushed to the top of the charts. So help us out. Share the show. Like the show. And we're going to continue to bring you some dope guests working on um, uh some really cool people. So stay tuned. Definitely. Yep. So episode 18 of Tweet Talk. It's lit. We are out. Yep. We are out.